All right. So, hey, if you're listening to this, it's probably around the middle of the week. We're going to give you something to help you out. Stay with us. It's certainly not going to be the middle of the week. Nobody actually listens to these things on the day they come out, surely. Uh, we've got a few people that are quite yeah. onto it. Yeah. Avid. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I'm no longer, I'm just at like the under 30 episodes behind Mark rather than the over 30 episodes. So oh, nice. I've been, I've been trying to claw it back. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Long gym sessions is what I, what I credit for this. Oh, nice. So yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, weekend. Was there a weekend? Yes, there was. Um, there were days after other days. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, it was it was good, good, good weekend. Just uh, Sunday went great. Enjoyed the enjoyed the preach. Enjoyed. Um, well, you're doing the overview thing now, right? Overview, First Chronicles. Yeah, so it's an overview of the overview. Did I tell you? I was thinking about doing it. The 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 overview Bible thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You can like. So I was thinking about doing. Um, Thinking about doing an overview of the books of the Bible, but then also like a Bible overview. So to do the two at the same time. But I'm just trying to work out if that's going to be like too much, like not enough. Yeah, it is a lot of work. In a year. Mm. Uh, but also it's like that balance of like you do want to actually get into the text. Yeah, you know, exactly. If, if it, well, it's been interesting seeing the feedback because, I mean, and, and I feel it as well. It's nice. I mean, I used to be all about the storyline, you know, it's just the bigger picture and everything. And I mm. suppose that's half, you know, you want to get that before you go deep, I suppose. And so it's interesting that, um, you know, I used to anything with a bigger storyline. I was just, I was moving in that direction. And so, yeah. and, and now having, I feel like quite a good grasp of the storyline, you know, I just feel like I want to go deep all the time and, um, and What's just up? enjoy the, the deep process and the, and the slow mm -hmm, exposition. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, I, what this has helped me to realize is that you are constantly dealing with the congregation that's kind of, you know, wanting to go deep and then sometimes needing to go big and, uh, and at other times, you know, needing a refresher on the storyline, even if they want to get stuck on the mm -hmm. details. So, you know, I mean, it, it helps. It, it might not always be yep. what everyone's wanting. Um, no, and even I, what you feel like you need. That's a difficult balance to get right, isn't it? it like is. what people, want what they feel encouraged by yeah and what will help them in the long run yeah because if you overdo it on the this is you know bit of medicine that, <laughs> that right. will make Each you of feel better thing totally. like yeah it does sort of kill the vibe yeah in the interim totally but if you at the same time if you don't do any of that then nobody grows so mm. yeah that's true um, that's true no well i mean and the thing is, what makes it a bit easier is that you start over the well, at least in, in my situation, you know, planting the church. I think at that point, you just, you're dishing out the medicine. You know, this is what we need. Yeah, okay. You're taking it. And then, and then, you know, you see a lot of the congregation starting to grow in their um, maturity. And so, you know, almost like a, like, like a kid that really eats well, you know, you're more, yeah. more willing to give the ice cream because, you know, you know, it's not going to go crazy. Um, Although, uh, to be fair, I think most church planters do it the other way around, Mike. That's true. Yeah, give out the <laughs> most, ice cream first. I reckon most church plants front load with the, with the sugary stuff. Yeah. And then, just, you know, once the church is established, they start to dish out, <laughs> dish out the meat. But, that would definitely uh, be anyway, the, the know, more efficient way. 
doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I had a thanks for asking about my weekend. It went okay. I am. Um... Um, yeah. So, anyways, what do you want to talk about this week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I am. We might end up talking about Actually, the F I E C again. I'm just uh, worried. F I E E C C. Yeah. No, it's. Um, I, I want to talk about preaching. Actually. All right. Cool. Proceed. <laughs> so now, how was your weekend? What's going so on? So we're on it. We're, we've we've seamlessly gone there. Yeah. Uh, but you just momentarily distracted me with the whole talk about like church membership and growing and stuff. There are moments now, church, which which has had like a long history of expositional preaching mm-hmm. and of like good, solid, reformed, conservative, evangelical stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, not all of it has been exposition the way that most of us do it today. Mm-hmm. Like some of it, most of it has been like the kind of banner of truth exposition, uh-huh. you know, the kind of the flowery Puritanesque, cloudy, yeah, yeah, no? um, yeah. where it's like I don't know, taking two, maybe one to two or three verses. Like the longer you can take, yeah, on a on a verse yeah. of the Bible, the more holy you are, kind of thing. You yeah, know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And so a lot of it has been that, but nevertheless, good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes every now and then I have these moments in church life where I realize my church is not quite as mature as I thought it was. Mm. And this weekend was one of those moments for me. Okay. I won't, don't want to go into details, no. but it was just kind of like one of those moments where I was just like, really guys, really, mm. you know, like I just could not, could not get my head around it. Like, how have you been sitting under such good preaching mm. so many years mm. and yet collectively produce a response to something like this? And I know that that makes no sense to anyone because I'm not providing any detail, but like, you know, it was just disappointing, you know? Um, mm. It wasn't true of everyone. There were exceptions, but like for the most part, you know, for the vast majority, it was just very, very disappointing. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. All right. So what do you do about however, it? However, Coming back to what do I do about that? Mm. Well, I'll tell you what you do. I think, yeah, you, you, you apply my sermon. You go listen to my sermon on on this Sunday on First Chronicles, mm-hmm. and you apply it. That's what you do. Basically, just don't don't look to what is right now. Look to what has been, and press forward. On the basis Dude, I am, of God's what, promises. What's this? One Corinthians? Two Corinthians? Uh, no, no. One Chronicles. Oh, Chronicles. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So Ezra's kind mm. of telling them all what has been, highlighting certain things so they can just press on mm-hmm. in insurmountable mm-hmm. odds as a little yeah. exiled people. I like that message. Your your sermons going back to the whole sermon topic. Mm. Your um, because I guess the connection for me with the the thing about the disappointment was that. Sometimes I get these disappointments that I expect maturity that isn't there. To be fair, it may not be a maturity issue. It might just be, a, you know, a slight misunderstanding of who needs to do what kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. the, <clears throat> um, you know, going back to preaching that that kind of need that needs to stretch the church, people don't necessarily like it, want to hear it. Right, One of the right, right. key things that keeps coming up mm-hmm. Um is kind of length of sermons. Right. You know, I'm not getting, um, I'm not getting a huge amount of feedback saying mm-hmm. your sermons are too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think certainly 
like we had a guy, uh, a trainee past, uh, you know, a, a pastoral intern, whatever vocab you want to use for that, mm. came along and preached. One of the, one of the feedbacks was it was too long. Mm-hmm. And so like, in your opinion, how do you process that as a teacher, like mm. as a preacher? Mm-hmm. How concerned do you need to be about the feedback that it is too long? Yeah, right. that's one thing. That's the one one side of it. Yeah. And the other yeah. side of it is how do you help a member who is saying is who's like only or main complaints is sermons are too long. Mm. I mean, how let's start off with the basics. How long do you preach for now? Um, well, I try and keep it like at the hour mark, you know? So, so yeah. like so 55 and then sometimes it goes a little over sometimes, you know, so we don't usually the hour, anything above 60 minutes is like oof, red zone. Um, but okay. everyone's kind of expecting the hour, so to speak. Right. So, right. so it's a long sermon. Definitely. It's a double the length of anything, you know, in our sort of, you know, even, you know, okay. it's, it's notably long, but the thing is, it's not, we're not trying to be funny about that. We only do one service, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. And, yep. um, and that's, that's important to say. And there's a lot of context there. I remember Jethro and I just, just nutting it out a while back because, you know, we were thinking, all right, you know, cause for example, we had very helpful, I mean, I remember Jim Renan, for example, who, uh, you know, just, just really took his, his advice on board and, and he would be, he would be emphatically like, listen, it should not be longer than half an hour. No one has the ability to move past half an hour it should be half an hour you should you should make a mission to get the sermon but you know as i started digging into that you know he has got two sermons in mind and he's got a full lord's day in view he's got uh you know in their reformed baptist sort of culture vibe they they basically everyone's waking up early they're coming to a pre-service sunday school um, which for them is like a basically a bible lecture Mm -hmm. some of some sort uh, this is for adults, you know, not not Sunday school for babies kind of thing, and um, and then they, you know, then they move into the sermon, and then they've got a full like church lunch thing, and then they're all hanging out at something, you know, it's a full Sabbath so to speak, and then they're coming straight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, like day. you're deeply fatigued by by like four or five, and then they're only getting yeah. started with their second one, and then it's like, and then they still hang out after that, and then they go home, you know. So at that level, I'd be like, yeah, amen, you know, come on, just keep, to, you know, be reasonable. Yeah. But for us, it's like everyone, it's really hard to hang out. So we've got to centralize mm-hmm. it all on the Sunday at some level. Um, we, you know, our midweek meetings aren't Bible studies. They're, they're rehashes of the sermon. They're talking it out. They're mm-hmm. clarifying those sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. And so really your central teaching component is happening on the on the Sunday morning. And so, you know, mm-hmm. with that in, in, in mind and unique to our context or wherever that is the context for someone, um, the next question becomes, all right, so what is the, you know, is our audience able, you know, is it reasonable to, to get to ask them to sit and listen to something? And I remember yeah, Jethro, yeah. Jethro said something that was just so helpful to me. He was like, listen, you could, I think you can reasonably pull that back. You know, a lot of the argument is, Hey, we, we can't even, you know, watch TV for that long sometimes, or, you know, mm-hmm, most things mm-hmm. are pulled back, but he's like, look at anything that means anything, not, not TV, mm-hmm. like take TV out of the equation. If you want to get a degree and you want to go sit into a lecture, if you want to, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to a seminar, if you want to, um, watch a documentary, you know, if you want to just anything mm-hmm. with any sustained thought that means anything at all, it's, it, there is no problem. Usually the acceptable uh, length there is an hour, you know, um, mm-hmm. anything beyond that people are like, okay, now we, 
we're expecting to stand up and get some coffee or something. But then you'll usually come back and do it again, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and we have that ability as human beings. And we, you know, it's not even impossible to get your kids to, to sit down for an hour. It's totally possible, you know, eventually as, mm-hmm. you, as you work it through with them. So we just landed on that hour feels right, <coughs> you know. And, um, okay, yeah. yeah. And so he said like. So could you, could you yeah. shorten your sermons? Yeah, I think so. Totally. I mean, it would be easier for me. Right. I can okay. heck out of the half an hour sermon in like a blip, you know? I mean, I suppose you could make the argument if you want to make that half an hour crazy organized and succinct, um, you know, that's going to take more work than less. But I think that doesn't mm-hmm. really, I and mean, that works only in essay form or anything like that with the semantic sort of style that I'm going for, uh, which I think is mm-hmm. important in our context again, which is not scripted. It's not, it's not um, polished. I think all of that turns off. It moves people away. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so yep. you've got to have a conversational thing that's authentic. And when I say authentic, I mean like it's actually happening, not, not okay. like you're faking an authenticity about it. You know, it's, it's not yep. a fake authentic, it's a real authenticity. And that means that you, are, you have a bit more conversational fluff. It does take longer. And that means okay. uh, it's easier to listen to, though, um, because, and you know, to listen, I mean, people can listen yep. to a conversation yeah, yeah. for a long time. So again, yeah, if you're, you're reading a script for an hour and if you're talking to someone for an hour, it's a very different thing. Different thing. Exactly. So I think there um, again, you could probably help out like what style of preaching are we talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if somebody came to you and said, like, let's say you bumped into an old Christian friend, um, who wasn't a, a pastor, just a member of a church somewhere. Mm. And you asked them, you know, how's stuff going at church? And they're like, yeah, it's good. It's it's good. It's just the, the sermons are just too long. Let's just say he's dealing with 45-minute sermons, mm. which in your context and mine would be a long sermon. Yeah. There's not too many preachers, even in conservative evangelical scenes, who are going mm. much beyond 35 minutes mm-hmm. in the UK. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know in the States it's a bit different. Like you've got guys like, well, Everyone I know of from mm-hmm. the States preaches for longer than 35 minutes, like right. more like an hour. Yeah. Some guys are preaching over an hour, like an hour and 15, hour and 20, mm. um, which for me is like, I've just never even experienced that, you know? Yeah. Um, but let's just say, let's just say for argument's sake, it's, it's 45 minutes mm. and he's just like, it's just too long. What, what would your kind of advice be to the person who's struggling with that? Yeah. Like what I mean, would your comment be? Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, you... <sighs> What I always think is, um, who was it? Was it? Um, I can't remember who the guy that wrote "Why Johnny Can't Preach." What's his name again? Uh, I don't know. The, I know the book, but was I don't, it Gordon? I can't remember something like name. that. Um, he also wrote "Why Johnny Can't Sing" or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And can't sing hymns. Yeah. And the point there was just like saying, "Listen, as someone in the congregation, there is just, you know, you're not." You're not asking for a lot. You know, you're not asking for a sophisticated essay. You're not asking for a whatever. You really are asking for three things. Um, and when those three things aren't met, there is a legitimacy in the frustration that comes from it, no matter the, the length of the sermon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, the, what he mentioned there is you're wanting to understand the passage. You're just like, what is it about? All right. And then you're wanting a rope in, like, what is what is the main point here? What What are we talking about today? Um, you know, in light of this passage, and then how does it apply to me? Just three, 
three basic sort of Bible study steps almost, you know, um, mm-hmm. that, that people are coming into it expecting whether they can actually articulate those three steps or not. That's what everyone's hoping to get at. They want to understand a little bit more about that Bible. They want to mm-hmm. get what the sermon is about essentially and how that applies. And, um, and so you can imagine if you go into a sermon and you know, you're not you're not understanding any more of the Bible. It's just roundabout, and it's just not making sense. And you know, you've you've, you've had a million things thrown at you. Nothing really is particularly applicable. I mean, mm-hmm. whether that's 15 minutes or you know, an hour and a half, you know, I don't know that that it's makes a whole lot of difference. Bad. Like what? Mm. And this coming back to that conversation with Jethro, which I found like just particularly insightful. He was on form that day, but he was just saying like, um, <clears throat> he was just saying, uh, you know, people are willing to. He wanted to give me the freedom, which I really appreciated. He wanted to give me the freedom to say what I needed to say and be done with it, whether it was half an hour or how, uh, and, you know, like one of those exceptional hour and a half mm-hmm, situations. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I, that's what I needed to say, then, you know, that as long as there was something to it, people are willing to yeah. drive and, fight, you know, and, and sit through it. But is there something substantial about what you're saying? And obviously, if you're finding like, listen, I'm really struggling. This This particular week has been a a humdinger and I haven't really, you know, found out what's going on in this passage. I mean, it would be in your best interest to keep it succinct and short, I would imagine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for the sake of everyone involved, um, because then you're just limiting the damage that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But it might also be that you've just, you know, blown the hatch off that thing and you feel like, dude, this is really helpful. Um, so, so what I do, and I don't know that this is the best in light of just, you know, you, this could be particularly discouraging at some points, I imagine, but, but I think, one thing that's really helped me is I just sort of look at the congregation, you mm-hmm. know, and I know exactly, you know, uh, when I've lost them, you know, and, and mm. I know that if I've lost them, I've gone too far and, mm. you know, it's my mm. mistake and I need to just end it quickly. Um, but in other instances, you know, I'll, I'll land the plane. And I know dude, I could have gone another 15 minutes and that's probably where you want to be. That that's, that's sweet spot, you know, where you just know mm-hmm. everyone's with you, you know, you can see it. And, um, and I mean, that might, that, that you might, for some or other reason, lose them. Uh, you, maybe mm-hmm. you lose yourself at half an hour and you lose them. It would be unwise to just press on with the script. That's, that's my feeling on the, on the whole thing. Okay. You know, just, so, just land the plane. So what would you think about like Mark Dever's comment where he's like, um, that was a comment he made at the FIC leaders conference mm-hmm. where somebody asked him, you know, how do you keep all the different kinds of people engaged, educated, non-educated, young, old, yeah. you know, how do you keep them all engaged? And his response to that was, I'm not trying to keep them all engaged. No. Yeah. I would agree. So, yeah. Well, you're not trying to keep them all engaged, but you're, you're almost, um, you're trying to keep um, really more the homiletical dynamic intact. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, certainly, uh, you know, I think it would be a, a fail from the get go to go, all right, well, there's an old guy down there there's a young guy down there. Oh, I've got to, I've got to, you know, be relevant for this guy. And I've got to, you know, sort of speak to this unbeliever in there. And I yeah, don't know, yeah. it's interesting. It's a bit of an irony for me that Deva would say that because of his, uh, machine gun spray application dynamic mentioned well, to everyone because, in the room. Um, it's because he said he, he thinks there should be something for everyone some of the time, mm. but he's preaching for an hour mm-hmm. to 900 people. He's not trying to keep all no. 900 engaged all of the time. Totally. So he's saying like there should be a moment for everyone, Yeah, I, which I think is why he does the <clears throat> shotgun application. Right, right, right. Okay, so, so I mean, I like that in terms of so – I would take a similar approach in that 
you you know, you, some people are like they're, they're theology gung ho. They want to know. They mm-hmm. want to increase their understanding. You want to be helping them. You don't want the sermon to be so mundane that it's just why even bother. You want them to have little bits. I wouldn't say an application point. I'd be more like the caliber, the level, the heights to which you ascend in the exposition. Mm-hmm. And then and then um, and then you know you know there're going to be people there the first day of Christianity or they've come from a Pentecostal landscape where they just really can't understand anything. You want to make sure that much of what you're saying is being said also in such a way that you know that even your kids mm-hmm. there listening are going to go oh okay yeah it's about hell or about this and and this is bad yeah. and this is good and whatever and um and so you definitely want everything in there but and so in that sense obviously you're engaging through content um but i have in mind less oh no i'm losing the young guy and the old guy i have more in mind like that that homiletical dynamic there you are it's really hard to explain, but I think, I mean, this has proven true for me in small congregations and in really big conference mm-hmm. settings where you just know exactly where you are. Um, I, th- I think a lot of the problem comes when people don't look, though. And this I've seen to be a major issue in Reformed well, Baptist you're not circles. not making eye contact with they're, the congregation. They're preaching in their mind to a certain group of people. You can see we're not those people, though, sometimes. People yeah, get up yeah. onto the pulpit and they look out into the yonder. And I don't know if they're mm-hmm. seeing their thousands assembled in the fields yeah, or yeah. if they're seeing, you know, the... The, yeah. the the church hall decked out or if they're seeing whoever they're seeing but you know from the moment they start speaking it's not me that they're talking to and um and i i really don't like that i hate that kind of vibe and that comes it's almost like a that comes out of the seminary homiletics department i can only imagine and it's just right yeah it's just getting churned out and and so th- i can see how that kind of sermon could go on way too long because it's just insensitive to what's happening, you know, because you're a legend in your own lunchbox in, in your mind mm. at that point, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. terrible if, if, if you're not it's making, like, um, yeah, yeah the, the thing I can't stand is when you, you get guys, who get these preaching lectures on basically how to be more, um, how to be more engaging. Right. And basically the, the talk goes something like this, you know, start your sermon with a hook. Yeah, you know, I hate that. Something yeah. that gets people interested, shows them the value of it up they've, front. They've already come to church. They're interested. Yeah. You've just sung songs. They want to worship, you know? About the way people interpret that. And like guys will get up and they're like, so the other day oh. I was, you know, and, and it's just like, Dude. like it's so unnatural. It's so obviously scripted and fake, but they're, they've they obviously memorized it so that they're not reading from the script <laughs> hey. that they're going to be using the rest of the time. Right. You know, and it's just like, dude, that is... <laughs> It's, it's worse. It's, it's so much terrible. Worse. <laughs> uh, I, I'm ashamed that I did that at one point because I was trying to stick to the homiletics text, you know. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. and uh, yeah, and it was just like. But you've got to go through it. Everyone's got to go through it. Got to go through try. it. But I, I, I look with horror on those those things now. I mean, I'm just okay. like, what the heck was. But thankfully, I, I saw that pretty quickly. I was like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing, you know? And again, okay. that'll come from your just engagement. Just as a. It's almost like, you know, imagine what it's like when you're talking to someone individually you know you know when something's gone wrong in that conversation you can pick it up you know um Mm -hmm. and and you've got to have the same firstly personality you know you can't turn into another person when you get on stage uh, or the pulpit or whatever um and the other thing is you can see what's going on you can tell there's a so you wouldn't go along with the kind of typical reform thing about hiding your personality keep your personality hidden from the sermon um Again, if it's taken in a certain way, I get it. I mean, I think to the degree that, you know, some people say, well, hey, I just don't want them to see me. I want them to see the pulpit in in Christ. I think a lot of like Brian Chappell deals with that in his book. 
he's like, well, you know, that's just stupid because the reality is preaching is truth through personality. And that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. God is using you. And sorry, that's the way it is. And um, is God speaking or is the preacher speaking? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, no, you have to, you have to be there. And, um, but I also, I do see the value of like, you might have a particularly, like, I feel like there are some points where I wisely hold back, you know? Um, Yeah. And it might even hook a few. It might it might tick a few off. I don't know. But I just feel like, in light of the situation, it's almost like if you go to a funeral, you're gonna a certain part of your personality is gonna come out. If you go to a wedding, a certain part of your personality comes uh, comes out. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's not really roping it back. It's more just being appropriate to what it is. Um, yeah. You're not gonna have the same part of your personality, you know, uh, manifest in all different situations, and even talking to all different people. So. I think, um, you know, that applies. I mean, you're in the presence of God, you're understanding this is worship. There is a gravitas about it that, you know, I think, I feel convicted. When I get all lighthearted, I do it sometimes. And I feel always, like in Acts 29, it's a huge thing. Everyone's just all bouncy around and jokey. And, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I think that's more naturally my personality. I find it easier to listen to than actually do. Um, mm-hmm. Because okay. when, I, when yeah. it's my turn to preach, I just feel like, Ugh, you know, I've went there, but really that was too loose. And I feel like in light of what this was, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. And I yeah, always regret right. it. And so, and then usually I'm taking more strain than anyone else at that point. They don't even notice, but, you know, it's okay. just, yeah. So your advice to like a preacher who is to make our contact, be natural in their style, well, I would say work um, on what, work on the content firstly. Like, so get get okay. you know nail the content. Be legitimately excited about what you're preaching about because that's ultimately going to be the 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 most important yeah. thing. I think you know you can split it. So you want content. You want, you want content. Conviction. Yeah. You want clarity. There was um, I wish I could remember this movie, um, but there was a scene okay where um, it was something to do with some sort of global warming kind of like. Um, you know, uh, the United Nations meeting where a couple of rebel right, yeah, groups yeah. were around. And anyways, this this one guy, you know, it had a few subplots in the movie and how, you know, these people that were outside, uh, you know, picketing were actually mm-hmm. ironically working against this hardworking inside person who had his final chance to go before the delegations of, of, of the nations kind of thing, delegates of the nations okay. and, and present his case. And this is such a rare thing. He's worked his whole life for it. He deeply cared about the same things they cared about outside, uh, except he was taking the inner sort of hardworking route, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and it all led up to this one point where this guy got to, got to share his, you know, he's well-researched sort of project on the need for, you know, funding for a certain, you know, group of poverty-stricken nations and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm probably getting the details quite wrong there, but it was more or less along those lines. And um, and there was this moment um, where this guy, he doesn't speak well, you know, he wasn't very confident, he wasn't one of those glitzy characters, but he deeply cared about it. And so mm-hmm. he put a lot of effort into his content. You know, I just got to memorize this thing. And the whole sort of movie leads up. You see him sort of rehearsing in the mirror, classic sort of nervous, you know, prep tightly. This is like make or break his whole life's project thing. And um, and he finally gets to the point where where he's going to present this thing. And mm-hmm. uh, at that moment, the, the people start picketing outside and uh, everyone's all distracted while he finally gets to preach his sermon, so to speak. Um, and, yeah. and, and this is his moment and no one cares because of the picketing outside and they're all worried about the, 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 the chaos that's ensuing. 
And so there's this little click point that I, I really wish I could remember the movie name. If anyone's listening to this who remembers what I'm talking about, please let me know. Um, because it is just the most awesome moment that encapsulates everything I'm talking about, you know, in terms of what needs to happen on, on a Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. He got so frustrated, you know, he got he just that he realized everything was lost. It's almost like he had a little mini breakdown. And then he just sort of, it didn't, it wasn't just a scripty throw away your notes. Hey, let me get real with you. It was more mm-hmm. like he could not help what came out of him at that point. He, mm-hmm. you know, he would just, it, everything was on the line. So he like, mm-hmm. he was shouting at them to just look at me, you know? And you can yeah. see there was, the script was the furthest thing from his mind legitimately as he was talking. The script had died a thousand deaths already. And now what was in his soul was coming out. He could see it in his eyes. He could see it in his veins, in his head. You could see it in his, mm-hmm. you know, it was like talking to someone in person that you knew yeah. was ready to die for what they were talking about. And, mm-hmm. and you know, because this is it, you know, this is your one shot. And so, and everyone, of course, is riveted, you know, because who sees this kind of thing? And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, as Wesley said, you set someone on fire and people will come to watch them burn, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and, who was it? Uh, was it Baxter? You know, preaching as a dying man to dying men, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. start, starts coming out. And then questions about sermon length and, yeah. you know, content and everything all just fall to the, the wayside. It's almost like the stuff we preoccupy yeah. ourselves with when, it's, when that's not happening. Yeah. Um, so my, my thing is just like, get there. And then just, I mean, really, at the end of the day, work within the basic paradigms, you know? And uh, obviously, if... The danger in saying that is you got some gung-ho sort of guy who's ready to just get out there with some stupid sermon and he feels super passionate about it, but it's like, it's really not that good. It's dumb. And, yeah, yeah. And then he's just shouting at people for an hour, you know, and, yeah. and of course, of course that can happen. Uh, and that's where you need on elders. Other, on the other side, you've got the, like, uh, the really studious pastor yeah. who's really done his homework and right. knows what he's talking about. Right. But to try and work himself up into that sort of passion week after week after week. No. You know, it's similar to the kind of like pietous thing. You yeah. Know, where I you're suppose. trying to sustain an emotional intensity all the time. Mm. And then you get the paparitis, you know. Like well, it, that's true. Except I suppose, and, and yeah, fair enough, in light of the, the the example I just sort of gave there. But I think that that, that sobriety, that earnestness that gravitas or whatever it can come through in ways other than just a shouty emotion and, and that really is going to be more a personality thing than anything else yeah you know so it's like really what you're talking about is you know if you have a very very you know those moments you've had them with everyone different kinds of personalities where all of a sudden it gets serious and you know when you're talking mm-hmm. to that person they really mean what they're saying and you can tell mm-hmm. there's an earnestness there and so what i actually have in mind there is the person that's particularly not eloquent perhaps is is really not even a very coherent sermon uh you know maybe even isn't the most well studied but there's something about that person that you could just tell immediately oh my goodness this person is totally serious about what they're saying you know there's whether that's coming through in a mm-hmm. just a quietness or a or, you know they mean it they're actually they're there to 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 mention something that mm-hmm. that is deeply on their heart um and, and so you know i don't think it necessarily has to be sustaining an emotional intensity but it, i think it does need to sustain a, a, a an intensity of you know hey I'm, this is heaven and hell every sunday you know yeah. um yeah and i think when that goes something 
something will be lost without a doubt. Now, again, that doesn't solve the problem necessarily. You're still going to have the critics, but but at least that puts you in the right frame of mind in dealing with all that, you know? And then, of course, you got your elders. Mm-hmm. And, and I think yeah. you told me once, which I really loved, you know, what happens when you get the critics? They come along, take it to your elders. Let mm-hmm. them deal with it. So get good elders that you trust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously this assumes that, that that much is in place, but you really trust them. I mean, my goodness, that helps. You know, you know that yeah, they yeah. will call you. They, they know who you are. They know what works, what doesn't, what's coming through badly. They can see your blind spots. And uh, if you've got a few guys that you can just go, hey, this is the critic. Uh, this is the critique itself. Uh, this is what they're saying. You just like, I see, like the thing is for me, I know if it's coming from them, I'm taking it on board 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, does it need to be shorter? Sweet. No problem. I can do that. Does it need to be... Uh, longer absolutely does it need to be more intense no worries you know as long as it's coming mm-hmm. from people that i know are not trying to like destroy the the the, the health of the church um mm-hmm. and so i think at that point as long as you got your correct frame of mind you can leave the details to to um you know let them call you out on that uh mm-hmm. when, when it goes uh, astray and when you get the critics you just sort of you know pass it along like a hot potato and say <laughs> thanks you know I'll, I'll i'll take it into account if they say no that's stupid that's a stupid idea then that's brilliant. I feel nothing. Mm, okay, yeah. cool. I like that. I like that Good. plan. Of course, if you don't have elders, it's like a lonely road, man. Oh, so lonely. People don't yeah. have elders too. And so we, I might be further causing causing a depression for someone at this point. But then yeah. maybe what a good that's idea hard. would be. Uh, even if it's not elders, it could be trusted advisors. Trusted advisors. It could be trusted friends. friends. Yeah, it could be. Your wife. Your wife. Your wife is probably your, your go-to, you know, to begin with. That's right. As a church planner, definitely. Um, yeah. And you, you know what the thing about your wife, actually, I think that's a great point. I always tell the guys straight after they've preached, let your wife listen to it, go back home, let her sit down and work it through with you on the recording and tell you exactly what's up with the sermon. Because the thing is, if you yeah. become a pastor, you're, you're binding your wife to listen to you <laughs> for the rest of her life. Isn't that crazy? You so, have that. Yeah. She yeah. must come under your ministry. <laughs> Can you imagine the trauma of that if you if you're not ha- she's not happy with your preaching? So I think on that basis alone, you know, you really want her to be stoked all the time. You want her to think you're the mm-hmm. best preacher. It's almost like the main thing, you know. Um, and if she's genuinely mm-hmm. stoked, usually that will always give you a good indication that things are more or less on the right track. A lot of wives are not, you know. I mean, I know I realize some wives are like studying theology right there with their husbands, and I'm not I'm not trying to yep. generalize this away. <laughs> But a lot yeah. of wives are just kind of, pre, you know, moving in different directions, occupied with, you mm-hmm. know, either they're working in another field or they're, you know, working with uh, the household and children. And, uh, you know, they'll give you a very different take on your sermon. And their take will mm-hmm. usually stand as the mainstay for for a large part of the congregation at some level, you mm-hmm. know. Um, mm-hmm. And so it really does become a good thing. You're telling me to shut yeah. up? You're saying I'm preaching too long. Nobody's doing surreptitiously trying to tell you going on for a bit long. You, you guys did not see what just happened right now. I was just like, dude. He was like the rebellious congregation member that pointed. You like trying to be my elder, saying, "Hey, too long, pull back." He's pointing at his watch. Tell you, we've been going for nearly an hour. (laughs) How was my style, bro? I don't feel nothing for an hour. I rest my case. Hey, I'm happy to keep going. No, but you're the one who always tells me off, like, oh, bro, now I've got this massive editing thing, <laughs> you know, like every every time you're like, oh, we've got it for too long. Now I'm going to have to spend ages trying to edit this thing. So I'm just trying to save you the pain, man. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get to some points that I can leave in. 
Yeah, one side. <laughs> Quantity ends up forming. You know, you know, it's like in, in the video world, you record for like mm. two hours and get 15 minutes. So it's cool. kind of what we're doing right now. That's it, man. That's it. All right, I feel properly like rebuked. It. Like a hypocrite. Just <laughs> no. monologuing. It was meant to be a rebuke. I was trying to be helpful. There you go. I feel rebuked. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've lost all confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Should we just leave it there then? Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really helpful though. The only thing you didn't answer Mm -hmm. was my one question. Is what do you say to the, the member the church member mm. who's saying the sermons are too long. Like, what do you say to them? Like, what's the advice to the guy sitting under long sermons that they think are too long? No, they are not. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you have something better to do? Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, it does raise a question, though. What if you do not like the preacher of your church? Is that a good enough reason? No, no, totally. I always say, listen, don't come to the church if you don't like the preaching. Because it's like yeah. you have personality clashes. You have all sorts of things going on, right? And if if we're it's the only people... This is going to be hard work. Yeah. So if if we're the only people that preach the gospel, fine. Just bear with it and deal with it. And, yeah. You know? But like typically it's not the case. You've got a few other churches you can go to. Go to the, go to the preacher that you get stoked by. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. You know? Go to that. If there's a mm-hmm, preacher that mm-hmm. really just floats your boat and speaks to you every single time and is orthodox and, you know, keeping ground, obviously with the basics in play, you know, he's expositing the, the scripture. I mean, people do that very differently. And I think it's legitimate to, to experience some sense of, of you know, resonance with one style over another. Just mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. be stupid and think of yourself so spiritually that you are... Uh, that you are going to just, you know, be able to bear with it. I mean, you'll get grumpy. That's what will happen. You'll get grumpy mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, yeah. just don't do it. Go to the go to the best preacher that you can find. Go there. I, I realize. Yeah. So for me, like, I realize I've got such a strong, like, personality thing going on. It's like people are going to hate me and I'm totally cool with that. You know what I mean? You're like Marmot. Hey? You're like Marmot. I'm like Marmot. heard that? Yeah, totally. Exactly. Exactly like my mate. You're going to love it or hate it. I've long since dealt with that concept. So like, it's not going to offend me. Go, you know, what does tick me off is when people hang around and they're like, oh, that, oh I just can't handle that you preached today. I'm like, I'm the preacher. I'm the guy who preaches. Yeah. Don't come to this happen. church when you, you know, oh, no. let's drop it there. Oh. Yeah, ironically, though, we're dropping it at the point that it's too long because we're rambling. Dang. We're not rambling. I thought that was good content. Okay. Good content. Would you leave our church? Would I leave your church? Would you leave the, the podcast church if you were sitting listening to this? Would <laughs> well, you... I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> I'd definitely be gone. <laughs>